Hey, Kansas City. You're listening to Real Humans by Gina Kaufman, a weekly podcast from KCUR Studios. On this episode... I guess I'm ballsy enough to be like, hey, I think about this weird thing. Anyone else? And more often than not, I found that people do. They just don't say it. After a rough couple of years, stand-up comedy is back. And we're going to hear the story of what one local comic was up to when things went quiet. At a little bar called The Rhino in North Kansas City, indie comics donning hoodies and jeans file in for Wednesday's weekly open mic night. Amira Sanders glides around with low-key confidence in a sleek outfit. Black-fitted turtleneck, black pants, black fanny pack. Her magenta lipstick and pink hair beads pop. She laughs a lot. Like just about everyone else in the room, she's getting ready to work out new material. Open mics are back. We're back at pretty much, like, a mic every night. And Amira Sanders is back, too. Her stand-up dance card has filled up again. Like, I have, like, what, three shows this weekend? Amira has been part of the Kansas City comedy scene since she moved here in 2018. And it might look like everything is just like it used to be for her, like she hasn't missed a beat. But I remember her from before the pandemic as a performer with a very old soul. She wore wire-rimmed glasses and a serious expression, giving off a vibe that was more young PhD candidate than stand-up comic. Her jokes were really funny. She delivered them straight, telling stories from her own life about anxiety and depression, about experiencing racism— And it wasn't like those things were funny. It was more like funny things still happened along the way. So I dropped in on this open mic night to catch up with Amira, two years into a global pandemic, an experience she describes as... Largely frustrating. What she means is... It's forced me to grow as a person quite a bit. If anything, it's forced me to um, really think about what I want in life and what I value. And that has not been easy. I left Kansas City for like three months over the summer. I just was not happy where my life was at all. Part of that was the comedy scene kind of fizzling out for a while. She had other creative outlets, other interests and passions, but she really missed her friends. Another part of it was major disillusionment with society, the world. But the most pressing thing was she needed to break up with her boyfriend. Instead, I left to go work on these organic farms because I was just kind of overwhelmed. She went woofing. That's an acronym for Willing Workers on Organic Farms. She went all over the country staying on these farms and, like, doing farm chores. She remembers a stint on a sheep farm in Idaho with particular fondness. I didn't know Idaho was so beautiful. It's so gorgeous. And it was a place where I could walk and, oh, look, there's an apple tree. Let me just pick an apple real quick. And just like this, uh, there were cows and sheep and it was wild chamomile growing that I would pick and make tea out of. It was just like a wonderful place. And it was a nice place for me to gather the strength to come back because I didn't really want to come back. Amira was basically starting a new relationship with herself because I realized like I need to learn how to be me and I be my own anchor and not rely on someone else 
to do that or hope that someone will give me the attention and love that I that I want from a partner. I have to learn how to give that to myself and like here she pauses for the punchline. I kind of hate that for me. <laughs> Amira has been dealing with this struggle of what she gives herself versus what she gives to others for as long as she can remember. She grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, in a black Muslim community, and she got her first taste of the power of comedy in her childhood home. My oldest memory is like I'm like a toddler or maybe like three or something. And my mom is crying. I think my mom and my dad had just had a fight and she was like walking around the house crying. And I remember thinking, oh, on TV, when people cry, they give that person tissues and they stop crying. So I went to the bathroom and I got some tissue, but I didn't rip it off of the roll. I just dragged the whole thing to the bedroom and I gave it to my mom and she saw that she started laughing and it made me feel good. I was like, oh, yay, I made her I helped her feel better. This impulse to comfort and entertain others became an even bigger part of Amira's personality after her parents divorced. My personality just became like, what do other people need me to be? As the oldest daughter, she took on a lot of responsibility as her family muddled through it. What do my siblings need me to be right now? How can I hold my family together? How can I take care of and cradle everyone? My mom needs a good little Muslim girl overachiever. Hell yeah, I can do that. I'll wake up early and read Quran to you. A scholarship brought Amira to the University of Missouri in Columbia. And that is where she got her more formal introduction to comedy. She tried improv and she loved it. I had a blast. I had so much fun doing these like improv games. And I was like, where are you guys doing this? I want to do this more. Amira joined the improv group on campus where she was the only black woman. And that whole dynamic got weird. When you first start out, you kind of have a crutch character that you fall into. And most people fall into like an angry like character because that's just like the easiest thing to like emote and like come up with. The conflict's already there. I'm angry. You know, you don't have to like think more about it, you know? The Angry character for beginners is one Amira tried out like everyone else. I did get considerably better as time went on. But when she tried to hang out with the other people in the group, her many overtures went blatantly ignored. On a particularly bad day, she confronted them about it. I was like, you guys are really exclusive, you know that? In response, someone messaged Amira privately to tell her what the problem was. She'd been too aggressive. Amira was hurt and puzzled. How could people who never talked to her outside of improv games have any idea what she was like? This specific girl had not spoken to me directly in conversation for the entire, like, three years I had been there. Then it clicked. They thought she was the same as her character. I was like, you know what? I'm funny on my own anyway. I don't need a group. Amira quit improv immediately. She took her first stand-up set to an open mic night at a club in Columbia. Not a campus club, a club club. She got herself really amped up, practicing at home in front of her mirror, and then... And I fucking killed. Like, my first set ever, I fucking killed. I have witnesses (laughs) that you can contact to confirm. It felt so good. To have these thoughts that I thought were funny and, like, my experiences... And, and have it resonate with people. 
it made me feel like I belonged. It made me feel powerful. That's a feeling she's still chasing as a comic here in Kansas City. In one recent bit, she confesses that... I didn't grow up around white people, I'm going to be honest. I didn't. Um, I only saw you guys on TV. <laughs> Pretty much everything I learned about white people uh, came from horror films. <laughs> so to me, all of you are Catholic. So she gets into her outsider's perspective on Catholicism. Um, communion. I did not know that the crackers weren't flavored <laughs> and that the wine was watered down. I thought, I just feel like that's just a, that's a lost opportunity. Imagine flavor blasted Jesus. In another bit, she riffs on the strange experience of having people comment extensively on her posterior. The time that like really like threw me for a loop to like, oh, does it really stick out that far? Was, um, yeah, I had that thought. I, didn't, I can't see it, you know, it's behind me. So I was going through uh, an airport in South Korea. I was traveling and it was super late at night. It was like 3 a.m. and I'm going through security. Right, I'm the only person going through. There's one like lady security officer. I put my things through, they're fine. She's like, all right, cool. You know, have a good evening. And I'm like, great. And I start to get my things. And I like bend over to go pick up my things. And I see her like, stop. <laughs> and she looks very confused. <laughs> she's like, hold on, wait, the, what? hold on a second. She grabs a security wand and she's like, to be cocaine. That can't, that can't all be ass. There is just something about a room full of people getting it that feels like a break from loneliness, from being misunderstood. Still now, I feel like I occupy the outskirts of accepted society. Even in the society that I grew up in, like the Black Muslim society, I was always a little weird there, you know, and then I was I was weird outside of that, too. Amira says that after her shows, people come up to say they identify with the stuff she talks about, which is even better in some ways than hearing them laugh. I kind of want to be that for people. It's what she missed in 2020 when comedy tried to make a switch over to Zoom. Stand up doesn't work that way. Because you don't have that. That call and response of joke laughter, joke laughter is what it what stand up is. So if you take away one of those things and it's just like, oh, now I really feel like some schmuck just saying things through a microphone. So the conversation with the audience, the one that gave her that feeling of belonging and power, she had to learn to have that conversation with herself alone. And now having that live comedy scene back is huge. Coming back now, it's been awesome. You can come to Kansas City and get good at comedy because there's stage time, but not, but it's not oversaturated like New York or or Chicago or LA, where you know you have hundreds of people on a list at an open mic or whatever. In the short time she's been in Kansas City, Amira says the scene here has expanded. It's just more. 
And it's it's a good more, you know, because there's more women, there's more people of color, there's more queer people uh, doing stand up. And so it's not just like, you know, I have my white male friends, but it's not, you know, it's not just them anymore. And that's that's nice. She even feels safe enough in this community to risk not being understood sometimes. I'll have other POC comedians come to me and be like, how do I get these white people to understand where I'm coming from? And I'm like, you don't. You just tell your story. As the rhino begins its open mic, names are drawn from a fishbowl, Amira's name is drawn second, and each performer gets five minutes. The host lays out some ground rules. The first comic up invites someone in the crowd on stage to show off his yo-yo skills. So it's pretty informal. And then Amira steps up. She sprays sanitizer on the mic. She looks out at the crowd. And before she even speaks, she smiles. I love that for her. it. Thanks for listening to Real Humans by Gina Kaufman. This podcast is produced by Mackenzie Martin with help from Trevor Grandin and music from Blue Dot Sessions. It's based on a column for kcur.org edited by Gabe Rosenberg with photos by Carlos Moreno. The photos of Amira at that open mic night are really great and definitely worth checking out kcur.org. And you can subscribe to this podcast in all the usual places. Just search for Real Humans by Gina Kaufman wherever you get your podcasts. Until next week, over and out.